and we are live. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Game Breakers with my guy Edwin. Action packed show today. NFL focus, bro. Real quick, are you ready for NFL season? Of course. What? What? Don't even ask me that stupid question. Oh, like, come on now. Like, like what was that, hand that again? Of course now. I am. Yo. Wait, like, what was that hand stuff that was going on just now? Like, what were you oh, doing? Sorry, sorry. That was my. That was my. Uh, my gang signs. You know. Just, just saying. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking. Right. I'm talking. Was... <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> All right. I mean, like, geez, bro. Always saying wait, some wait, nonsense. Wait, hold on. Were you, were you startled? Were you like scared or something? No, I just didn't know what you were trying to signal to me. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? I'm like, what's going on? Here? <laughs> it was my sign language to you. You didn't get it? No. No, uh, we we okay. never practiced that. We never worked on that. That was kind of weird. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I don't ever want to see you do that ever again, bro. Why not? Why that not? That was kind of weird. That was kind of weird. <sighs> okay, fine. I'm gonna be real. That was weird, bro. But anyways, you know what's a show that I've been watching lately that I didn't want to ask you about, Pharrell? You ever heard of Shark Tank? No. What is that? It's like a show like where if you own a business, then like you'll go on there and like you'll pitch your business to like four like like hundred millionaires like they're like millionaires like it's like four of them and like they're worth hundreds of millions and okay. like you'll try to get them to invest into your company and it's actually pretty good i started watching it on hulu from season one i think it's like 15 seasons bro and i think it still comes on tv now it's actually mad good D- i mean okay. what did i think you shark tank was is, right? sharks. You, say? you know who mark cuban is right yeah of course who doesn't mark cuban is like one of the guys who's like who's like one of the, like the billionaires who like you pitch to like yeah, yeah, nah, okay. that show is lit. How do you ever watch Shark Tank, bro? Like, what do you be watching? You know, you know, I thought it had to do something with sharks. I'm not gonna lie, but um, it is shark it meat, is. though. I think it's, it's shark meat. I think it's shark. Really? Meat. Yeah, I think oh. so. Man, nah. you know, the best show to watch right now is none. I don't binge watch anything. <laughs> You're not watching no shows right now. Nah, I stopped binge watching because I have to get back on it. But the last show I was watching was, uh, I think it was, oh yeah, Top Boy, Top Boy, Top Boy. Top boy. You know oh, my okay, you okay. them boy. I yes, sir. You, Yo, listen, please relax, relax. Don't let me start speaking my my UK accent here because I've been practicing. No, no, no. You don't have a good UK accent, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. Stop. I that. do. No, bro, I do. It's, it's not that good. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. Why would I lie to you? You lie to me all the time. <laughs> No, I All don't. Time. You never tell the truth, <laughs> bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. Just stop while you're ahead, please. For just for everybody's okay. sake, just stop while you're ahead, bro. Man, but you know it's a good show, and it's coming back. You remember Game of Thrones, right? I know people were mad about how it ended way back then, but House of the Dragon, I think it's called, starts. I think next Dragon. month in oh, August, yeah. sometime. So. I'm excited oh, to yeah. see that. I mean, like the commercial or like the trailer came out like last week. It looked pretty good. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. Well, are you like a legit Game of Thrones fan? Eh. I can't talk business with you, bro. I can't talk business with you. Like I just can't. Like I was a big fan, but then the last season kind of ruined it for me. They all say that, but appreciate what you had before. And you know, it doesn't matter what, what happens at the end. <laughs> that's what i think. okay fair enough fair enough now yo bro i do actually want to say something right because you're somebody that's chubby right so this might hit home for you <laughs> you, you, bro, like, you want me to start flexing right now like you know like 
Should I take off my shirt? Like, should I? Nah, I mean, bro, this is probably gonna be on all YouTube jokes tonight, aside. Probably. All jokes aside, this might hit home for you, bro. So you know, you could just wow. you know, I'll let you take it away. But reportedly, Zion Williamson has a fat clause in his contract. Uh, I actually am gonna read what the report does say, and according to it, it says that Zion Williamson. Hold on. It's not loading for some weird reason. There we go. Zion Williamson's new contract extension will require his weight and body fat percentage to add up to less than 295 pounds. Failure to meet this is his guaranteed money. Whoa. Mm. 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 Guaranteed money is lost. I, I, I'm sure, you know, I, I don't mind this at all, to be honest with you. Like, I know people are saying, oh, why is this in the contract? He should just be having... The, the free fold to play basketball and just play hard. I don't care about all that stuff. Listen, you meet the team's requirements, and this is simple for me. I mean, it's harder, easier said than done, but listen, you do what you got to do. You stay fit. He had this big issue last year where he was unmotivated off the court, wasn't eating right. He gained a couple of pounds. Now he's back to normal. Hopefully he can come back and prove the doubters wrong. So now what you do is you honor the team's code and the contract situation, and your money, too, at that. Like, you want to get to guaranteed money? You do what you got to do. I don't see no problem with it at all, man, but I don't know. What you think? Yeah, uh, I think that there's nothing wrong, like, with what's going on in this contract. I think, you know, for Zion Williamson to be 295 pounds, I think it's kind of ridiculous or to even be close. So the fact that they even have that clause in there shows that they don't trust that you can control your body weight, in a sense. So I actually like this, um, and, you know, it keeps him – accountable it shows how dedicated you are to the team it shows how much you're dedicated to you know getting paid etc so i actually don't mind it that much but do you think that zion may be offended by this clause or like the public perception is that they think that he's not capable of managing his weight by itself i don't don't think he should take it as offense to be honest i think that he he should take it as a case of if people don't really know this about the pelicans this team, to me, has little to no holes as, as it's growing right now. It has a good head coach, a young head coach in Willie Green, right? We have two stars in CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram who can go get their bucket. Now you add Zion to that piece, who, by the way, without Zion, took two games off of the Western Conference supposedly champs in the Phoenix Suns, or was supposed to be at the time, right? So the best team in the NBA, at least. So what you want to do is, is you want to have all hands on deck. That's the biggest thing. And ultimately, though, having Zion and his entire fast situation or the chubby situation whatever you want to call it that could be a distraction for a team that's on the rise that has some nice youth some nice foundations and an organization that is improving as we speak i mean when was the last time we talked about the pelicans being a team on the rise well, quite frankly when zion was drafted but i mean we didn't really see exactly them reaching these heights at this point in time so i like it i think zion should just take it as motivation and don't really care about what people say man like, that's, that's the biggest thing for me like don't care about it the off the noise court and just just try and play your thing play your basketball play your brand of basketball be dominant in the paint grab the boards be physical and just help this team win games no look i agree with you the the easiest way to shut people up is by performing so i'm gonna have to agree with you there uh but you know for zion this is a very bad look man it's a very very bad look and they did just give him this rookie max uh like the rookie max contract and i'm not gonna lie to you i don't think that zion necessarily deserved it but I think that the Pelicans couldn't afford to not give it to him, if that makes sense. I agree. So I agree. So in my opinion, right, Zion, he, he's been hurt. Like, he's been hurt a lot. And, you know, you remember, bro, because you knew me from back then when I said that I wouldn't have drafted Zion because of his body size 
And, you know, with him being hurt and him having these kind of issues, you know, like they had to kind of give him this contract more so on his potential, but not on what he's proven so far. Now, when he's played, he has looked good. You know, he's like, it's like he's looked strong in like the paint, but you're only as good as you're available. If you're not really available, then what does it matter how good you are? So to me, Zion should not have gotten this max contract off of what he's done on the court alone. But again, from a logical point, you have to give it to him. And I think that this is why the Pelicans added that clause in there. Because if Zion was healthy this whole time, and no player is going to be healthy 100% of the games, but if Zion was healthy for a majority of his time in, in like the league, then this wouldn't have been in his clause. If he was performing well, if he was doing what needs to be done, then this wouldn't even be a thing. So I think that Zion kind of realizes that the Pelicans, they're in a great position right now because they look really good without him. He didn't play all last year. And the Pelicans, they made yeah. the playoffs, and they gave the Suns a run for their money in the uh, yeah. playoffs. So, to me, adding Zion, it can't do nothing but make you better. Like, to me, Zion's not going to go in there and make your team worse. Now, we have to see how it's going to affect Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram's kind of been like that number one guy. But now does the team kind of feel that Zion is the number one guy because they drafted him first and stuff, and they just gave him this big contract, et cetera. So, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how like they play off of each other. Mm. But to me, he definitely has to get in shape and he has to earn this contract. Like there's times where you see Zion and he looks super big, like in terms of like out of shape. And then you'll see him a week later and he looks shredded. So it's just weird, like what's going on there. But I do like this from the Pelicans. You have to protect yourself as the team. You have to protect yourself because Zion could be looking at it like, well, he got the money. So now, you know, like there's some people like they get the money and they feel like they have to stop trying now. So to me, you add this clause in there. And this is going to protect you as a team. And it's a good thing for Zion because to get paid millions to stay in shape, to me, I would love that because that's going to keep me motivated to be in shape. And, you know, being in shape leads to a healthier lifestyle. So to me, the Pelicans are really trying to help Zion as well as help themselves. So what's the ceiling for the Pelicans next year? Because I think that going into next season, they're going to be a really tough uh, Western Conference playoff team moving forward. And when you add Zion to that mix, like he's going to bring the energy. He's going to bring the tenacity that I hoped for him to bring. And also just the idea of being led by Willie Green, who I'm a big fan of, by the way. Like this guy, I think that all the Pelicans fans and the the teammates in itself, like the players, these guys would go to war for Willie Green because he just finds a way to ignite this team so well that they were able to steal two games against the best team in the NBA. To me, that's still mind-boggling. But Zion, for me, though, he just adds a different element to the team that I think that can help them push him over the top and actually be one of the sleepers heading into next season. What do you think? So where did the Pelicans finish last season? Uh, they just made the play-in. So they made the play-in, then they finished eighth. I guess you could say they were eighth seed. Yeah, do you know, like, how many wins they have right now or not? <laughs> how many wins? I yeah. don't know. But I can check that out real quick. Hold on, yeah. Let's bring it up real quick. Because I think with Zion there, bring you're probably up, good bro. for about – All right, go ahead. I got it right here. So they, they won – uh, 36 games, 36 and 46. And they were the eighth. No, sorry. They were, yeah, the eighth seed. Yeah. They were the eighth seed. Yeah. I think that they could probably, I think the ceiling, the high is fifth or sixth seed, the low of okay. like that eighth, ninth spot. Yeah. I say the same thing. Probably eighth still. I, I think there still be a playoff spot. I mean, a playing spot, but Zion for me though, like, you know how I feel about Zion. That's my guy. Like I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to support him because he does need, to, he need the support right now, but this guy has to work hard. 
And why would you want to lose out on free guaranteed money, man? Just by staying yeah, yeah. Like, look, Mike. Like, I mean, look, definitely. Like, I think that Zion's found himself in a very good situation in New Orleans. You know, they. I mean, I remember that there were reports last year that he might have wanted out because they felt that the Pelicans weren't going to be like that good. You remember like those reports that were kind of coming out. Um, but I think with like the young core that they have now, if, if they kind of keep that together, I think that they could be like a good team. And the team and like the West is stacked, so. I don't think that they'll finish yeah, in the top half of the Western Conference, but they can definitely, they will definitely be a team fighting for a playoff spot. And again, adding oh, yeah. Zion can't hurt. So, like, oh, I yeah. agree with you, bro. Just, you know, just like stay in shape, man. Like, there's no reason that you should be 6'7, 295 pounds, and you're not playing football. In my opinion, I think for Zion's body type, I mean, look, let's be real. I think Zion's body type, he's probably playing the wrong sport, but he was the number one pick for basketball. So, he's made it work. But there's no reason to be that big at that size playing basketball. Like, and, and again, like you see what happened with, with the uh, the injuries. Like, it's going to keep persisting if he can't maintain it. And the Pelicans have – they're an NBA team. They have millions of dollars. They spend so much on their facilities, I'm sure, like all, like, like all the other teams do. So it shouldn't be that hard. Like, and he has the money to hire a private chef, or they have the money to give him, like, a private chef, make sure that he's eating the correct diet and all this stuff. That so can slim down. So it shouldn't be that hard. Like, I don't understand. Like, why is it even a thing? Like, it should not be that hard. Really? It like, shouldn't be. It shouldn't like, be. No, it shouldn't be at all. If he was an NFL player, okay, what position would he excel at right now? He'd have to be on the line. So, like, he'd probably be like anywhere from like an end to a, to like a tackle. I don't think he. I think he's too. He's too small for that. To be honest, I think he'd be like a, a really six, athletic seven, tight end. Bro, six seven two two ninety five. No, well, no, either on the line or tight end. Yeah, either one. But yeah. I'm more so putting it into like the weight aspect of it. It's like he's big enough to be a tackle or be on the edge, trying to just rush the quarterback. In my opinion. <laughs> okay. Okay, like a like a a really undersized. Uh, he's not undersized, obviously, but you know, as far as body shape, he'd be bigger than most like NFL players, bro. He's six seven. How many six seven NFL players are there? <laughs> he is. He is. He's right. He's right. He'd be like a he'd be like a really dominant Miles Garrett kind of player. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, bro, look at how big he is without pads and a helmet. You imagine this guy with pads and a helmet on? He look like he'd look humongous. He'd be the biggest player on the. He'd be the tallest guy there. Number 100%. one overall pick again. I think first round. I don't know. First round for sure. He definitely going to first round. Are you kidding me? And, yo, but the thing about Zion is he's so explosive. Like, so like he's not big and like slow. You know that guy yeah, is yeah. explosive. He has the vert. So when like the quarterbacks drop back, he's jumping to tip the ball, bro. Yo, you can't do nothing about that, bro. <laughs> Another JJ Watt type player, bro. Imagine. Nah, I definitely got him at that Aaron Donald mold, bro. I'm not gonna lie, because anywhere you put Aaron Donald, he's making an impact. I don't, yo. I think you can even put Aaron Donald in like a three-four as an outside linebacker, and he'll still have a crazy impact. Like Aaron Donald's mm. is different. I think Zion would have kind of been like that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, facts. And with that, there'd be no money. I bet you there'd be no money to try and get him to stay in shape because he'd be the part. He'd be the part right now. Like, like, you don't need him to lose weight. Yeah, you don't need your lineman losing weight because they're nah. trying to get past other guys that weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it is what it is, man. But listen, but Zion, to him, though, bro, I don't blame him. I, I'm not going to lie. Look, I get it. You a millionaire. And what's he, like 21, 22 probably? Around probably. that age? I don't, but yo, bro, you in Louisiana. Popeyes. 
Gumbo, Jambalaya. Oh Come my on. gosh. You know, I Yo. heard Louisiana food is like top tier though. I'm not gonna Th- hold that's you. what I'm saying. It like top tier you, food. Like, how could you not go down there and splurge on some food? So I, I have a little bit of sympathy for him, but you know, I'm pretty hard on athletes. So to me, there's no excuse for why you're not in shape as a professional player that's active. Now, once you retire, go live your best life, go eat, you know, but you know, I think all players should be kind of having that LeBron James like approach to like the game where they take their body so serious. Like they're paying money to be in like the best shape, the best trainers, you know, the best chefs to cook you like, you know, your protein meals or like, you know, like uh, less fat meals, like, like manage your calories and stuff like that. Wow. Come on, bro, Zion, get it done, bro. Get it done because you are a good player. But, you know, you don't want the narratives to always just be about like, you know, fat jokes and stuff, man. Come on, bro. Like show them why you're the number one pick. But right now, though, as of right now, not to lie, Zion is a bust. As of right now, as of right now, he is like John Moran. He's leaning, he's leaning there. He's leaning John there right Morant now. I mean, he hasn't put too much game, so. John Morant should have been the number one pick based on how the careers have went right now. Yeah. Now, when I say that Zion's a bust, I'm not saying that he sucks. I'm not saying that he's bad. I think that he's a very good player. But just given the limited availability of him, it's leading him into bust territory. Because yes. this rookie extension that he just got, I think if Zion's healthy, I think he fully deserves that. Like, it's a no-brainer contract. Yes. And the Pelicans are just kind of gambling right now that he will be able to stay healthy. So the only thing that's yeah. going to stop Zion from being great is Zion, literally. And you never know. Like, people have to understand, you know, Joel Embiid was leaning towards that bust category, too, early on in his career. That's very true. I think, injuries. what, Joel Embiid missed the first two years of his career, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. All the injuries and all the, the doubts that he was having. So and now look where he is right now. He's still pretty injury-prone. But you can see that he has championship pedigree on that team. He's a big reason why. So Zion could be in that mode, but he still is pretty young and early So in, in his career. So he has a chance to really change the narrative and just be able to stay on the field, stay on the court, and just produce. Yeah, and the thing is with Joel uh, Embiid, you know, that's, that's actually a very good point that you brought him up because he definitely did miss the first two seasons of his career. And, you know, if you I mean, if you look at him now, I mean, Joel Embiid, I remember, he, like, he was a player that couldn't play, like, that many games per season. But, like, yeah. as of right now, how many games? He, I think he played a lot of games last season. Like, he was kind of in Philadelphia, uh, like, uh, especially in, like, the early part when he was dropping 30 points, 30 points, 30 points. For, like, right, damn, there two months straight. He was going crazy. Yeah. yeah. But, but my thing is, we all agree that Embiid is a fantastic player. But, I mean, the availability has to be a concern here. Of course, it definitely has to be. I, I always say this, like, no matter how many superstars you have on that team, on Philly, for instance, always cut that down by half when it comes to Joel Embiid's availability, man, because he can cause your five seasons to be 3.5, 2.5 in terms of just, just trying to win a championship. So to me, it's a big risk. It still is a big risk. Even last season, he played injured with that face mask and just the broken thumb and all that kind of nonsense. So that limited his play as to trying to be impactful on the court. But, you know, it doesn't depend, depending on what he does with the teammates that he has, James Harden now and my guy P.J. Tucker, you know what I'm saying? That's why it's very – wait. <laughs> like, what? Please, relax. Relax, relax, relax. No, no, I like P.J. Tucker. I, I like him, and I would have took Do him you really like P.J. Tucker? Do you really like him? Well, I would take him on my team, so – Oh, what that tell you? Like you need a guy like PJ Tucker. It's like you. It's like you need a guy like him. He brings toughness. You know, like he brings that kind of physicality. I like it. 
But you know, you bringing him up like PJ Tucker is some star third, like you know, I, like he's I, like I the third to... piece of like the big three or something. Like, let's just relax. Like, look, I just want to rise up a bit. I just you know? stop it, bro. I do think that PJ yeah. Tucker is going to have a good impact there, though. Um, but he's thirty-seven. He's like he's he's thirty-seven. I mean, like, how much longer can you expect him to be able to kind of play like that physical without for his body's like, damn. Uh, no, I don't know, okay, but okay, the contract matters, though. The money matters. The, follow the bag, though. Follow the bag. No, of course. Uh, but you were kind of salty that he left the heat for a second. I am salty. I'm still salty. What you mean? <laughs> Have you guys, like, I'm replaced him yet pissed. or no? You said what? Have you guys replaced him yet or no? Nah, not really. <laughs> you see, I'm not going to get into that right now because it's a Zion topic, but, yeah, we're not looking too good right now for me. I'm yeah, yeah, that's right point. though, man. That's all right, bro. But man, thinking about it, this week there has been, you know, the Zion news. There has been some contract related uh stuff where there's been some stipulation, like that boy Kyler Murray. Yo, yeah. so the other day the Cardinals required like so in his contract extension, the Cardinals required him to study independently four hours a week for that upcoming game that week. So that kind of caused like a, I don't even know what to call it, but that kind of caused the overreaction, I think, online. Yeah. You know, talk shows are weighing in. Dude, we're going to talk about it. And then yesterday, I think, they took out that clause. And I'm thinking it's because of the public perception that came with them even including that clause in that contract. But what do you think about them adding a four-hour study clause into Colin Murray's contract? No, that was a big mistake. I'm not going to lie. That was a huge mistake for me. We talked about Zion and how his – you know, his weight was a, a mistake, kind of. It wasn't a mistake for me for that instance, but for this one, this right has a big distraction. I'll tell you why. Kyler Murray, any football player in general, should be able to try to study and take the time out of their football payday to try and make sure that they know exactly what's going on in the field and to prepare for the next game, right? And adding that clause in there to make it as if it was mandatory was just mind-boggling to me. Of course you would get a reaction because of that. Of course the fans and the public would roast your team because of that, because that's nonsense to me. Kyler Murray, I think that when it comes down to him and his image right now as a franchise leader, they are not finding out the right way to, to mand it and to make sure that he is brought up in the right image. Because for me, he gets so much stick. And this is another example too of the, the stick that he gets. He's a me person, he's a diva. Now he has a clause that's being added to, to try and make sure he studies. All these different things, it's just adding a negative perception about him that I don't like. When when in reality, Kyler Murray is a guy that has been the best thing for this franchise in a long time. Talk about the past 10 years. The past 10 years, the best player was Larry Fitzgerald, an aging Larry Fitzgerald probably. But, you know, maybe Chandler Jones, doesn't matter. So I'll, okay, so I'll agree with you with the point that he has been the best thing that's happened to the Cardinals in a long time. I will agree with that. Okay. Well, now what I won't agree like with you is for saying that the team again is kind of like wrong for adding a study clause. Nah, clearly, okay. there's something. Okay. Clearly, there's something that we don't know about that's going on in Arizona. Something that he's not doing per se. Now okay. the team they know him, and they know that they have to give him this extension because if you don't extend cut like him, who the hell else do do you have to go to? So there was never a doubt of Kyler Murray getting this contract. So, to me, again, same thing with the Zion. You have to add that clause in there. If you don't think that Kyler Murray is focused enough or studying enough to prepare for games, I don't give a damn what the public perception is. If I'm giving your ass 200 plus million dollars, 
I would add a wake up at 5 a.m. clause if I wanted to. Are you stupid? Of no. course I'm going to add that in Heck there. No. But I don't what? think that you no. study enough and you don't prepare for games because, bro, don't forget, during practice leading up to games like the night before, they, they go over film. I'm pretty sure these last three, four years, they, you know, like in film sessions, Kyler, what do you think that, that the defense is about to do? And Kyler would probably be sometimes like, shit, I don't know. Motherfucker, what? You mean? I'm saying it's called studying. That, that means nothing. That means Bro, nothing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It it's nothing. called. Okay. It's called studying game tape, bro. If you're not studying it's game possibly. tape like enough, then how, when you see certain packages that you were supposed to see when you studied, then how are you going to know in the audible? How are you going to know to adjust like what route your receiver is going to run? So to me, the Cardinals would not have added this in here if he was kind of keeping up on the film. I'm not saying that he doesn't. But clearly, they don't think that it's good enough. So, in my opinion, you have to add that in there if you feel that it's not being done. Because you have to, again, you have to protect yourself. And I think that it's a mistake to take that clause out of there. Colin Murray knew like that that clause was in there. I'm sure that he did. His lawyers had to tell him that. I'm pretty sure he's not the one that read that contract. He probably hired his lawyers. And, it, and now the lawyers, they go through the contract and then they tell you what's in it that's good, what's in it that could possibly hurt you. That's their job. He had to know that, that that was in there, and he signed it. He didn't, like, okay, they didn't drag fine. it out. He signed the contract. So for now, for people to make it seem like, oh, how could the Cardinals disrespect him, it's so idiotic to me. And then, and then, on, and then, bro, on top of that, I saw some people say, well, if you have to add that into your clause, right, to insert inside the contract, how can you give him an extension? Are you stupid? They have no choice. You have to give him an extension. You can't lose Kyler Murray. You can't. You cannot lose him. So if he bro, leaves, bro, bro, what bro, happens bro, then? Bro, bro. They were they about to make, make him. Sense. Listen, listen, listen. They were about to make him the one of the highest paid players in the NFL. I'm sure that him signing that contract was a compromise as to trying to add that film session and the studying part in it. Because listen, he knew it. Yeah, he might have known it doesn't matter to him because he knows that. Listen, he's about to be. One of the highest paid, not QB, the highest paid players in the NFL. To me, that's not a bad thing that he signed because it's compromised. And another thing, too, Pat Mahomes, Brett Favre, these guys, when, when, how, how long did it take these guys to learn a nickel defense, to learn the playbook, to learn how to think, how to adjust and to audible during the field? I didn't see anything last season that made me believe that Kyler Murray is not watching enough film. That's not what I saw. No, Maybe yes. perceptions because of the coaching and the, the teammates and whatever. But for the most part, I saw Kyler Murray making plays, and that's what he does. Make plays on the field, okay. make the right so leads, and on top of that, right. the team didn't really help him out, in my opinion, to make sure that they had a chance to win anything. So that's bullshit. That's bullshit, bro. No, 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 no. Come on, bro. You know that's Come not on. You know that that's Let's not talk true. about it. The Cardinals have gave Kyler Murray a, a, a excellent – an excellent chance of being competitive. Obviously, that's excellent. Yes, excellent. Bro. Yes. Chase Edmonds, John Connor, average running core. James Connor. Hopkins. James yeah. Connor's not yeah. average. James Connor's not an average player. Don't forget that James Connor. Like, don't forget about what he was doing when he was with the Steelers. He's a solid running back. Now, he had he's one not, good year. James Connor only had one good year in, in Pittsburgh. One good year that I think that was oh that was good. Everything else was okay. Nah, to me, that it's not average it. because now look, they go out there, they get him DeAndre Hopkins. They just got him Hollywood Brown. They got him now. Look, last, like AJ, year, last, year, last year, last year, last year. 
Talk about last year. Yeah, but bro, he's only been in, in the league about what three, four seasons. So they were rebuilding. But right now, the Cardinals are in a spot to be a winning team. Like, and like the Cardinals should not be under five hundred, like with their current roster. They should they, not. They be. got him. They got him. D Hop. They got him an aging AJ Green, who's not the same anymore. And they got him Marquise Brown, who, by the way, I'm not too confident on because yes, they did play together at Oklahoma, but. Listen, what I've you seen mean, so far, on, maybe he break out. Maybe he break out this year in Arizona offense, but I don't see too much explosion that makes me believe that he's gonna help. Okay, fine. So then, what happened last year? Excuse me. So what happened last year? What do you mean? What happened last year? With, with the like with the Cardinals, they were they were good last year. I'm not taking that away. That was that was yeah, Kyle I told you, hold on, wait. And, and back then, I told you to watch out for the Cardinals, and you said I was crazy. I'm telling you, bro. Like I was okay. able to see. That that team is a good team. Obviously, they're not going to Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie to you. They're not because they're not at that level yet. But that's a good team, bro. Like, don't make it seem. Yeah, but you're making it seem like they haven't put him in a like in a position to win. The like the performance that he had. You're overhyping. By the way, but the performance that he had versus the Los Angeles Rams in that playoffs was terrible. No excuses for that. He looked. If you want to talk about like a time that he looked unprepared, he looked unprepared. For the biggest game of his career against the Rams, that's pro- that was the most important game that Kyler Murray has ever played because I think that was his first playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. And he looked completely like, like the he team looked, looked bad. Like, though. The team looked like, bad. He's the quarterback. The team looked bad. He, no, no, no. Yes. Talk about the yes. defense. How much? How many points did they give him that game? No, 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 bro. Look, I'm not saying that he takes all the blame, but what I'm saying is that you're the quarterback. So when things go well, who gets the praise? Usually, it's the quarterback. It depends. No, bro, come on. The quarterbacks are viewed as the leader of the team, regardless of defense. It depends. Hey, okay, let me give, let me give an example, right? If the 49ers last year, when they beat the Packers, was that all due to Jimmy Garoppolo? Who managed well, I'm gonna praise. I was going to praise him because he won the game. Who? Let me ask you a question. But if things went terrible for them, then who gets the blame? Things get terrible for them? Like, okay. I, who's the most blamed or and and praised position in football? I'll I'll ask you like that. Go ahead. Oh, position of obviously QB. Come on, we know that. Exactly. So what I'm saying is, yes, it's not just the quarterback's fault on why you lose games. It's never because it's a team sport and you need stuff to go right. We're not like disagreeing there. But what Vice I'm versa. saying, yes. But what I'm saying is, quarterbacks get the most praise when things are are going well. So when things go wrong. You're like it's fair to to get equal blame. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I get that. It's that more times than not they do get the most praise, but we can't like we can't act like that's always the situation. It's just not because so, last year I give you an example that play that playoff game was not due to due to Jimmy Garoppolo winning that game for them. It was not the defense special teams. Okay, wait, okay, so let me ask you a question: Why is it disrespectful or a distraction for them to add this clause in there? Do you think that they said, huh? Colin Murray does always study game film, but let's still add this. Like, be real. Usually, when people add these kind of stuff in there, it's because you're it's because you're lacking in that department. Of course, I guess okay. that's what you could presume. So, if I'm paying this guy all this money, and you said that Colin Murray signed it because, or no, well, no, you say why? Because we don't know why. But you, but you, but you kind of gave like your like opinion that he signed it. Because of the amount of money that he's going to be getting paid, right? Yeah, compromise. That's the question, what it is. though, 
There is no compromise. Kyler Murray is in the position of power. Kyler Murray held all the chips. They need him. Kyler Murray does not necessarily need them. If Kyler Murray wants out of Arizona, there is more than half the teams in the NFL would want a Kyler Murray. So he knows this. He knows that the Cardinals have no choice but to extend him because if they don't extend him, then guess what? It's back to rebuilding. It's back to being like irrelevant. It's back to sucking. So he has all the position of power. I think he yes, signed that deal. Yeah, so I'm saying that I think that he signed that deal because he realized that that probably is something that he does struggle with in terms of game film or studying. So I think he thought, you know what? That's fair. Fair enough. Mm, I don't think he thought that. I think that it was a, distra- a big distraction for the team to add that in there. And on top of that, yes, going back to my point about the money, it, he has the leverage, of course, but it's compromised in the sense that he knows that signing this contract and signing this this part of the deal is not going to be a big part of, or it's not going to be a big issue of me signing this part of this contract. So that's why me as Kyler Murray, I was signed the contract because it's not a huge issue for me to do so anyway, because he studies on the field or the, the film session anyway, right? So it shouldn't be that hard to me. Example. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think, think that it was a big, it was a, a smart decision to add that in there. It, it just was, so what it was I think not. that you're confusing is, but what I think that you're confusing is, that the teams have to also look out for themselves. If you are, okay, if you're like a boss, right, and you have a worker who's a good worker, but he's struggling like in some areas of like the job. So you want to offer him like a permanent job, but it's like, you know, you have to be better at X, Y, Z. And like, you know, like if you sign on to work for me, there's no problem with that. Like there's none. And if Kyle Murray thought that it was a compromise for him to sign that, to me, that's dumb because players care about the public perception. And you have to know, uh, like, unless, like, and to me, I don't think that Colin Murray's an idiot, but unless he's an idiot, there's no way that you sign that contract and don't think that that's going to be spun negatively. So you have to know that people are, are, are like, are going to take that as you don't, you know, try to perfect your craft like enough or that you're not dedicated or that you're not focused. You have to know that. So why sign that contract if you are dedicated, if you do study, and if it's not true? That's so. So thing. going by your logic, going by your logic of the Cardinals trying to protect themselves, right? Once they put that in the contract and they had all this stigma, all this negative perceptions about them, why did they take it out? If they because, if they wanted to really protect themselves, no, because be, well, because now what I think is Kyler Murray had that press conference yesterday where he kind of like downplayed it because he felt he was being disrespected basically. And I think the Cardinals felt bad because of how the media was dragging Kyler Murray because, because the me because the media perception was that he doesn't let that, like he's too busy playing video games or cause he signed the phase clan and stuff. So like, he's not that focused outside of practice, et cetera. So I think that they felt bad that it was added in there and how the media took it. But what I'm saying is if you're Kyler Murray, no, but I'm saying, but if you're Kyler Murray, you have to know that that's how the media is, is going to spin it. That's like if he knows okay. it, but he didn't add that in the contract, though. It yes, doesn't matter. That was the issue no, in the beginning. No, but no, but he could have asked for that to be taken out. That that's what I'm saying. He could have easily asked for that to not be in there. Yes, he could have asked it, and what 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 probably would have happened was a, a, a contract negotiation that would have been stalled. 
Um, you know, and going back to the amount of money that was being put on fine. the table, I'm sure he didn't want to give up that. So like he compromised. But, no, wait, but for Kyler Murray, that's fine. But see, what you're see, what you're okay, what you're not understanding is you don't have to compromise when you are in the position of power. So let's say I'll give you an example. Let's say Stephen A. Smith, right? His contract is running out. He does not have to compromise anything for ESPN. Because if Stephen A. Smith is going to be available, every single sports network in America is going to be fighting to get him. Stephen A. Smith but, has no reason to compromise on anything. So the same thing like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has no reason to compromise on anything for the Cardinals. Because they but, need him. He does not need them. That is true, but at this point in time, what NFL franchise can give up the amount of capital to get Kyle Murray at this point in time? Not too many, doesn't I'm matter. trying to say. Kyle Murray but, that, but that doesn't matter, because guess what? Kyle Murray only has one year left on his contract. So if you guys don't trade him, he leaves for free. So Kyle yeah, Murray's value season. is dropped. Huh? After next season. Yeah. So, but if next season, if you don't like, okay, so next season, if you don't win a, su- a Super Bowl, then was it worth it to keep him to lose him for free? No. Nope. I mean, at, by that point in time, you know, things can happen. He could probably come around. They could go through some more. Exactly. So let the, so, see, bro. So now you're helping my argument. My saying is wow. let the contract play out. And guess what? And if I was him, I would not play until I, I get a new contract because you go out there, you practice, you play games like the regular season, you tear your ACL. Now you're screwed because now you just lost a lot of money. To me, I'm not going to have to practice. I'm not going to the training camp. I'm not even leaving my bed until I get that extension because I'm not going to risk any bodily injury that can cause me money. So well, let the contract stall, know. bro. Like, let it stall, bro. That's like yeah, if you I mean, hired me to do now. a job. But that's like if you hired me to do a job and then, like, the job, like, the contract said, yeah, like, there's a no-stealing clause. And let's say I don't steal. People would be like, yo, we'll be stealing. <laughs> I wouldn't sign it. I'd be like, yo, people are going to think that I'm a common team. sense. This exactly. should be common sense. So why sign the contract? Why sign so why, the contract? Because you just know it's gonna, you're not going to do it anyway. No, that's idiotic. That's why. That, like, Kyle knows he's going like, to study regardless. That's like that's like taking like a guilty plea in court when you're innocent. To me. Like, it does not make sense. Like, it, it does not make sense. Because then the public perception is that shit did not, it. Okay, that's you, but it plays in your favor. If if I knew if, if I was Kyler Murray, and just you know, one more minute before we move on. If no, I was no, Kyler no. Murray and, and I knew that they added this in the contract, I know for myself that I can watch film and I'm good at watching film anyway. So adding this would mean nothing to me. And I'm getting this all this money at the top of it as well, too. I don't care. I'm gonna sign well, it. Your question. All right, and now the public perception gonna come in. It's gonna be bad. Who cares? Okay, that's 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 what no, happened. He clearly that's cares. He came attention. out and talked about it, so he clearly cares. That's what I'm saying is the issue. You knew it was there. Common sense tells you people are gonna think that you don't study, so don't come out and, and complain about it. That's what I'm saying. You signed the contract. He's playing my games. He's playing my game. That's what it is. But if it was a mind He's game, then the Cardinals want to take it out because then, you know, because then, right, he would have told the Cardinals, I don't care, like, like, about the public perception. So, like, when it does come out that this is in here, don't worry about it. Clearly, he was offended that people thought he didn't study, which makes no sense. Huh. Maybe, maybe not. 
But maybe, maybe not. Look, Card look, Kyler deserved his bread though. I'm not gonna lie. Kyler definitely oh, yeah. deserved it. Again, the Cardinals had no choice but to give him that money. So to me, well deserved. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I'm putting him top ten in my opinion. So if he doesn't study, or like if he doesn't study enough, imagine what he'll do with four hours extra of studying. Mm. So to me, nothing but goodness can happen from this. But they did take it out, or maybe they didn't. Maybe they just said that they took it out to kind of take the pressure off of him. Who knows? Maybe. But do you think that there's a study clause in DK Metcalf's contract? <laughs> no, of course not. I mean, this guy. Do you, wait a minute. Do you think that there's any clauses in DK's contract? <laughs> well, not, not that I know of right now, but listen, this guy got the bag, though. It don't matter. Yep, he got the yep, bag. Yep, got the extension, and now, that is the born rate for the young receivers. Yes, yes. Now, Mike Garofalo came out and said that the Seahawks and DK Metcalf have agreed to term a three-year, $72 million extension with $58.2 million guaranteed. Sources say he gets a $30 million signing bonus, which is the highest in NFL history for a wide receiver. Thirty million what the hell? on the dotted lines, bro. What the hell? What what oh did Pete Carroll tell this guy to sign that, that that contract? What did he tell him? I'm not gonna lie to you. They better be paying him this money. He's gonna be catching passes from Drew Lock next year. He needs the money to compensate from that, bro. <laughs> yeah, all, all he's gonna be doing is running routes while they they running running fake routes while they run the football. That's what's gonna happen. And pay hey, defense. Hey, hey, look, and and guess what? He's gonna get paid doing it. I think that- this is a good contract for DK. I think, you know, it's a bit weird. As I said, we talked about him the other day, and I thought that he would have wanted out of Seattle. But he gets this money. He's there for another three years, bro. And three years is not even that long. It's not that long. I mean, now, the NFL, it could seem long because, you know, careers don't last as long as NBA players, you, you can say. But three years is not that long. What, in three years, he'll probably be like 28, 29, or 30 maybe? I don't even know how old he is now. Whoa, so he's not going to be that old now. <laughs> well, I mean, how old is DK Metcalf? Let's find out. How old is DK Metcalf? He's like about 23, I think. 23, 24. That young? Yes, that young. Is he? He's definitely young, younger enough. So, listen, DK he's Metcalf for me. 24, exactly. He's, 24. he's not bad. And 24. he turns 25 in December. So DK yeah, Metcalf is that guy. Yeah, so in three years, he'll be 27. Bro, he's still going to be young. But then guess what happens? He'll probably get another big deal. So DK is getting paid, man. Do you like this deal, though, for him or not? You think he's overpaid? I think this will put him kind of in, like, that top five range of paid receivers for right now, kind of, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I mean, I know he just gets paid more than A.J. Brown. That's what I know. And I think he's better than A.J. Brown, too, at that. So uh, for me, yeah, I know. It's a big take, right? It's a big take, fam. I told you. Oh, but. My. DK has it all. And for a guy that somehow, someway dropped to the second round, it's still mind-boggling to me. First on talent, it happens, obviously. But I thought DK was a sure first on talent. Seahawks picked him up. They grabbed him. They snatched him. This guy came in here without no shirt. Please, bro, you thought that DK, that he was a first-round pick? Because you saw that pick of him in the weight room. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. That pick pick had everybody thinking that he was going to go top 10, bro. Oh, yeah. DK, he's that girl. He's shredded. But DK, at, but DK at Ole Miss wasn't – like, he was more so raw talent. Like, he wasn't, yes. like, as polished with, like, his route running and stuff. Now, it's worked out with him in, a, in the uh, the league. But to me, I think it's fair that he fell out the first round. Nah. But nah, looking at it now, no, I'll, no, no, like, nah. seeing, like, seeing what he is right now, then, yes, he's going to go in the first round if you can redraft, of course. But at the time, come on, bro. Nah, nah. You see, what you what – you, fail to realize once again is that teams will always draft 
Once again, one player, two players, depending on who it is, offer pure potential. That's what it is. Production, who cares? Look at last year, the Jaguars drafting this guy. I even forgot his name, to be honest. The first overall draft pick for the Jaguars. Pure potential. Pure potential. So now, DK, for me, has been that guy since. And maybe it was a bit of Russell Wilson-esque because he has had that great QB play. And he has been able to just, you know, uh, be productive outside of Tyler Lockett as well, too. But we'll get to see this year if he can come in here, be a number one receiver once again, and also just the idea of being the best player on the field when they go on offense. That's the, the biggest thing for me. Yeah, because no, right so now, would, you have a running game. You have yeah, an so offense would, line that's putrid. Coaching yeah, so would, is the best. Yeah, I would Shut definitely, up. Say, I would definitely say that DK Metcalf, is top three best receivers out that draft class out, out of that draft class right now. Um, because he was also drafted uh Debo Samuels, AJ Brown, nah, not McCall Harvey, he's a bum, and then DK Metcalf, yeah, and then Deontay Johnson, but he's not Harvey's not a bum, he's mid. Like, come on now, watch those words, please. Watch those words. He's mid. That's not a bum. Okay. <laughs> it's not a Fine. bum. Anyway. But okay, Anyways, fine. We're, we're not talking about Michael Harvey. We're talking about DK. But he's not showing anything. He's not DK. DK has been that guy, and he he deserves it. Now, Pete Carroll, listen, you have to find ways to utilize this guy. That's the biggest thing because we know why he wants to run the football, how he wants to play defense, and we have to see exactly how he can utilize Julog to just try and take advantage of the field, stretch the defense, deep balls, the biggest target in the in the end zone. That's what I want to see next season. Do you think that he's better than Debo Samuels? Yes. Yes. He's the best. I said he's the best young receiver out of that draft class. Oh, better than AJ Brown, oh. Brown too. Oh, I'm about to say the best young receiver. I'm going to say, okay, that's a stretch. No, nah, I don't think he's better than Debo. But I, I think he's like, like, well, to me, like they're on the same playing field. You only say that because of what Debo did last year. With, the, with how Shanahan used him. That's it. Okay, and then what are you basing that off of what DK has done? What, what has he not done? What the what? what? Are you going I mean, back off? Hold on, wait. Like only one thousand yard season. I mean, like let's not act like DK has been this big top look, five. Look, look who he had last year as a QB. Russell Wilson was injured. Geno Smith. Did we forget about that? He looked better with Geno Smith. Yeah, he did, but it wasn't Russell Wilson though. But he it wasn't Russell Wilson. That was for three better. games. But he played better with Geno Smith, so that's irrelevant. So he had. No, it, so he had, like, come on. So you go off of the, the season before when he went off with Russell Wilson. Last year was a different kind of thing, right? Russell Wilson, was he was kind of injured. He wanted to go for the deep ball, which is what he did last year. It happens. It is what it is. But still, he's still better than Debo Samuel by a long shot. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. Uh, I think that Debo is – well, Okay. Before Shanahan started using if you want to say, year, what was he? Okay, like, if you want to say based off of just purely as a wide receiver, then okay. But, yes. to me, the, but to me, the versatility has to come in here to, like, the argument. Because Debo can do things that DK, we have not seen him do. I'm not saying that Deco, that, uh, that Deco, that DK can't line up in, in, like, the backfield and be productive. Maybe he can. I, I don't know. But we haven't seen it. So to me, you have to put that that versatility in there. Now, if we're talking about just as a pure wide receiver, then okay. But then that's not a fair point to make 
when Debo Samuels has shown that he's much more than just a wide receiver. He can be a running back and a wide receiver. He's very dynamic. Like you can put him like any like like in like the backfield. You can put him slot outside. It doesn't matter. So to me, you have to put that versatility in there, bro. But as yeah, a you pure, can. But let me ask you a question. Okay, go ahead. Let me ask you a question. DK, I think DK can, can go to any team and be that guy, right? Depending on who who's the receiver okay, on that team, fair. right? Debo. Fair. With the versatility that you are trying to add to this argument, can only work for me for only a few offenses, and mostly just Kyle Shanahan's no. offense. What? A handful of offenses. That makes so no unless sense. he no. unless he unless he plays purely wide receiver, which he can do, then fine, we can talk about that. But as far as the versatility is concerned, he can't do that everywhere he goes. That so makes no sense. Matter? That makes no sense. It makes a lot of sense. Debo's impact is not as much as DK's impact where where he would go. So league. explain that then. Okay. So explain why Debo can only probably succeed on a few offenses. Go ahead. Because Kyle Shanahan found a way to maximize his talent, right? By just trying to be able to have a good they have talent around him in general. Good offense line last year, the good coaching, the ability to run the football in general, right? And this the, the short middle game passing that was being exposed last year by so many teams when it came to the 49ers. So Debo would excel in that offense. Of course he would. Maybe he would excel in an offense that's around the line of scrimmage, someone like the, the the Dolphins maybe, or maybe the Ravens who like to run the football but just use different packages to try and get their other guys involved, right? The sweep arounds, all these different things. But what I'm saying is that he can't do that everywhere. For the most teams in the NFL, he cannot do that everywhere he goes because simply NFL offenses can run different – I mean, NFL teams run different offenses. DK, for the other hand, is a guy that I see playing on a three different level, right? Short, intermediate – Long, he can do it all, and so on can any Debo. Other team. And so, so can that's Debo. why I think he can be more impactful on any other NFL team. Okay, see, than now, Debo can. okay, now why that? Okay, so that makes no sense because Debo, because right, because right, so uh, Debo can give you short, medium, and deep balls as well, and then you can use him in the backfield as well. Now, did you watch the 49ers play last year? He was, he's not a oh god, answer the question, yes, I did. Whatever. Okay, because I'm thinking that you did. They ran no trick plays from out like they ran no trick plays like like that for him like out like like out of the backfield like they were giving like this guy halfback dives like what like he wasn't. I never said trick plays. Hold on. So I never said trick plays. Why can't Debo go to another team and do halfback dives there? What are you talking about? Because other teams don't have the offense line that the Niners have last year, so it don't matter. They don't have the coaching. They don't have the players. That's why. Bro, are you stupid? Bro, oh my goodness. If I, you think so, so your logic. It's the same thing that you're saying, right? With Tyreek Hill, we're about to talk about Tyreek Hill in a second, right? It's the same thing as you're saying if he could catch touchdowns all day long from Patrick Mahomes, why can't he do it for Tiger two of Tiger Valoa? Because it's a different QB, different system. Yes. Rookie head coach, yes. different players. But then by why? Different system. No, that's much different than getting a handoff. Because then you need your quarterback to throw you a good pass. Then you also need you to get separation from the from like the corner. That's much different than getting a handoff. It's a and lot more that goes. It's, there's a lot more. There's a lot more that goes like into like okay. There's a lot more that goes into passing the ball than handing off the ball. What I'm saying is, I think Debo would be better than some teams starting running backs right now. You put Debo Samuels on the Miami Dolphins. He's their best running back. Bro. 
please stop N- it. Name me who are their running backs. Please stop it. Please mask. What? Name what? me two of their running backs. Miles Gaskins, Chase Edmonds. Thank you. Debo Samuel would be their best running back. Yeah, but you can't say that off of limited snaps. These guys line in the backfield 24-7. And do nothing. And do nothing. They, but look at the office Gaskins. line. Look at the office line compared to the Niners' okay. office line. So what the the same thing. Look at Saquon Barkley's rookie season with, with that terrible line. To me, players make – look. I'm He's not a pure running back. back. Huh? He's a pure running back. Exactly. So how is Debo – didn't play running back in college, did he? So, so, wait. What I'm saying is how is Debo, like, able to make a better impact in a limited role that he did not play most of his career probably – and he's better, like, but he's making it happen. So what's the excuse because for running backs? Coaching. So wait, so what's the excuse for running backs who have been doing this their whole damn life and they suck? What's the excuse? There's different fundamentals that go into it. I just told you the coaching, the offensive line, the players around him, the scheme. Look, That's what makes it. Look, Listen, people, you go to the line, you go to the running back core last year, the previous years of the of the Niners. These guys are not household names. Raheem Mostert is not a household name. Why was it that he was so good and that he's not the same when he goes somewhere else? It's the same thing. It's the same Bro, thing. DK, who's a, a pure wide receiver, can play anywhere in the NFL, anywhere. Debo can yeah, play so as, Debo. A so as a wide receiver. As a wide receiver. As a wide receiver, but not as a Yo, running back. The same, way that DK, the same way that DK would start for every team, like in a league, so would Debo. They're literally on the same level. Nah, DK was sophomore teams. Name me one team Debo Samuel will not start for at wide receiver. At wide receiver. No. Name me one. Name me one. Nah, we can't, we can't do it. We can't go through this right now. You we, can't, can't, we, can't, we can't. Okay. So then you can't just say that, and then you can't even give me one. I'm telling you, there's he would start the same way that DK could start for every team. Debo Samuels would start for every team. There's not okay, one but, team. Okay, okay, okay. What I mean is start, right? I mean start and be that guy. It's the difference between starting and being that guy. Okay? That's what I'm saying. A difference between starting and being that guy. Please pick yourself up because you're, you're you're taking the piss right now. Listen, it's 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 fundamentals right now. It really is. Come on now. Come okay. on. Whatever. Whatever. Look, we'll agree. Come to on. <laughs> I'm not sure bugging out. Come we'll on, lads. <laughs> disagree because you are crazy. Debo Samuel. No, you are crazy. And he's just as and he can do everything. There there is nothing that DK can do that Debo can't. But I tell you what, there's stuff that Debo can do that DK can't. So Debo cannot do everything DK can't. Let's end it. Stop it. Stop it. If anything, Andy Debo's a better route winner. Edwin, stop it. Are you serious right now? Bro, say no to drugs. You're right. Say no to drugs. I'm glad I don't take any. Dang, this guy is just. Forget about it. Forget about it. Talk to me, yo, 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 yo. Talk to me about Tyreek Hill, bro. Talk to me about Tyreek Hill, because you're taking the pitch right now, seriously. I All apologize, right. guys, for uh, Edwin Sykes. <laughs> you feel me? But look, man, let's talk about Tyreek Hill, because he was, uh, you know, kind of asked some reporters by, well, he was asked some questions by reporters. And when he was asked on, so I'll just read it right here. It says, what does Tyreek Hill think the defense is going through when lining up against him and Jalen Waddle this season? He said, oh, they're going to be scared shitless. 
Tell me, what do you think? Do you really think that NFL defenses are going to be scared shitless lining up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? Yes, 100%. It's a fact. You know why? Because speed kills. Speed kills, and there's not too much speed out there like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the same team. Like, come on now. Let's be honest here. Now, when it comes down to the actual play calling and the route running that comes into it and the ability to stop them, different story because you have – Two are throwing you the football. It's not the same as Patrick Mahomes. We get that. And I'm not sure why Tyreek Hill is over overgassing his QB. It's fine right. to gas the QB, but just you're doing too much right now. You really are. But they will be scared, though, because one thing is for sure that it doesn't matter who you line up against them. They don't have the speed to match up with Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. They don't have the ability to cover all of them, especially with Mike Kosicki lining up on the opposite side of them as well, too. All they did was just get speed. Chase Edmonds, Tyreek Hill. Uh, my guy from 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 the the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, Wilson. Like this team is fast in itself. So anything around the line of scrimmage is going to be them. It's going to be all of them. And to me, that's where they're going to make their bread and money. When Tua Tagovailoa throws the football around the line of scrimmage and lets them run the ball and get yards after the catch, that's what's going to be the danger factor for them moving forward. Yeah. Um. So I do want to kind of go back to the point that you made about um. Kind of like why Tyreek Hill over gassing up Tua. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is putting a lot of pressure on Tua because now a lot of people are going to expect some stuff from Tua. How how Tyreek is talking? Yeah, Tua needs to have more than just an average year. He needs to have a very good season. At least he has to have a very good season. I think Tua is in a perfect position to succeed. I mean, yeah. you know, you have Waddle, as you said, uh, they have Mike uh, Gusecki. You know, you got Tyreek Hill, and he's in the best position right now to, you know, produce. I think that you know you saw the past two seasons when they had Brian Flores. And then they got rid of Brian Flores. So in my opinion, it was because they because they got rid of a winning head coach. He was winning games there, and now the Dolphins literally have no excuse to not be better than what they've done. Because you don't fire Brian Flores and then get worse. It doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't have fired him then. So to me, there's no excuses for them. And I do agree with you. I think that defenses should be scared shitless because you saw how Jalen Waddle was so uh, impactful last year, being wide receiver one. Now you add Tyreek Hill there, you basically have two wide receiver ones in terms of Tyreek Hill was wide receiver number one on the Chiefs, and Jalen Waddle was a productive wide receiver one his rookie year. So now, obviously, now Waddle falls back to number two. Now Tyreek Hill stays number one, but they're both capable of being the main guy. We saw it. So I think the first few weeks, teams will be scared shitless. It depends on how Tua goes out and plays. If Tua sucks, nobody's going to be scared. But as of no. right now, we don't yeah. know how Tua's going to look. So whoever they play week one, he's going. they are going to be scared shitless, yes. Yes, indeed, indeed. And also, by the way, before we move on, massive, massive pressure on Mike McDaniel. I know he's a rookie head coach, but as you said before, Ryan Flores has given them two back-to-back winning seasons. Now, if you come in here with all this talent, and they did some work this offseason, too. They signed some players, all right? Even Tyron Opsett from the Saints was a great move by them, too. I can't deny it as a, as a rival fan. So if you come in here with all this talent and you don't even mirror any similar results of what Brian Flores did last year, then you did massive pressure already. Massive. Yeah, like anything less than season to me, it's a failure for the Dolphins. Like, yeah, and like, and like, not just one game above 500. I'm talking about this. What there's 17 games in the season, they need to win at least 10 of those games. I'm not gonna they lie, should be a playoff team. yeah. And like, the thing is, I don't know how they do it. I'm not, I don't know how they do it. Like, they're me in a neither. hard, like, because the AFC East is hard, you know. Like, look, the Patriots aren't what they used to be. That's gonna be a hard game. The Jets are getting better. That's gonna be a hard game. And then the Bills, who are probably going to, like, 
that defense and that offense like it's crazy on top of the remaining schedule now i don't really know the strength of their schedule in terms of how hard it is and i don't really care but i know that's six games right there just from their division that's going to be super hard so to me it's going to be interesting to see what they do but a lot of this does depend on tua i think tyreek hill is talking up a big game i haven't really heard tua talk I'm not gonna be rough. Maybe he has talked. Like maybe he has talked, but people don't put it in like the headlines because Tyreek Hill is a bigger name to put out there. So maybe like they don't report it. But Tyreek Hill, like how he's talking about this guy, I'm expecting kind of Patrick Mahomes kind of production. Like how Tyreek Hill is talking, like there's not gonna be any kind of drop off from leaving Pat Mahomes. Like Tua is probably sitting there, like bro, shut the hell up, just let me play. He throws the best, prettiest deep ball. He he throws the best fire in the NFL. That's what he said. I said Tyreek. And he's more accurate Tyree. than Patrick Mahomes. Don't forget. And he's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Oh, forget. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. No, that's a Tyreek, please. Tyreek, you're doing too much right now, bro. Come on now. Don't yeah, bro, don't, don't try and downplay Patrick Mahomes like that. Pat Mahomes, boy, please, bro. Please but stop it. look, real quick, before we do get out of here, guys, we are at the hour mark. going to give you guys a little bit of OT real quick. Now, I've been seeing this debate going around. I don't know where it's come from. So if you know where it started from, then you let me know after I ask you. But who has more pressure on them next season, Todd Bowles or Tom Brady? Has to be Tom Brady. Has to be. Why? Because, yes, what people may say is that he's the GOAT. He's won so many titles. He has so many rings. He has the most rings. I get all of that. Don't matter, though. This guy decided to come out of retirement, and that lets me know that he has something to prove, right? So, with that being said, the job just got harder. You just lost your your Pro Bowl uh, center and Ryan Jensen. The job got a lot harder, okay? So prove to me exactly why you, you came out of retirement and trying to win another Super Bowl for this team. For Todd Bowles, the reason why I don't think he has that much pressure is because it was kind of unexpected to see Bruce Arians go the way he did. And that's why, you know, coming in from the rankings, it was the obvious choice for me to put Todd Bowles there. So, yes, he has had a, a coaching stint before with the Jets. But to me, it's an internal hire that they feel comfortable doing. So they don't really have too much pressure to help him win games. I think that has to fall down to Tom Brady. Now, what kind of nonsense did you just spew to me just now, my boy? There is no way in hell that Tom Brady has more pressure on him than Todd Bowles. Now, I'm going to attack the points that you just made. Now, yes, I do think that Tom Brady has come out of retirement, but not because he has something to prove. Tom Brady has nothing left to prove. He is the most winning player in NFL history. He is the number, like, he is, like, I don't think that anybody even argues that he's not the greatest of all time for quarterbacks as of right now. Nobody even argues mm. that. He has mm. nothing less to prove. So mm. I think that Tom Brady is just competitive. I think that's why he came back, because he just wants to win some more. But I don't think he necessarily thinks that he has to win. I think he wants to win. Now, Todd Bowles is a failed head coach. Let's not sugarcoat things as it is. Todd Bowles is a failed head coach. The Buccaneers have won a Super Bowl with Bruce Arians, with Tom Brady. Anything less than at least a conference championship is going to be deemed for the Buccaneers a failure because they have a stacked team. They have the greatest quarterback of of all time. They have a solid defense. So anything else, anything less than a conference championship is going to look bad for them. And that is going to mainly reflect Todd Bowles because – Todd Bowles' legacy is still up in the air because he's a very mm. good defensive coordinator, right? Nobody's taking that away from him. But when it comes to being the main guy on that coaching staff, like where you are the guy, right, it's not worked out so far. Now, he can come out and he can prove us all wrong. He can win the Super Bowl next season. But if they suck, 
Tom Brady can just retire next year. And even if they win one game next year, he's still the GOAT. Nothing changes about Tom Brady. Nothing. But if they go out there and suck, the perception of Todd Bowles, he's done as a head coach. He is He's done. He will never get another head coaching job again if he fails with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So to me, it's more pressure on him because he has to do well. Tom Brady does not have to do well. Tom Brady wants to do well. But Tom Brady can go out there and throw three picks and retire. And he guess what? He's still the GOAT. Tom Bowles. No, but I'm saying is if he no, okay, I'm saying if Tom Brady. Why would you want to stay? Why would you want to tame your legacy like that? Why? No, but I'm saying it's because look, Father Time is undefeated, and Tom Brady, his time will come. It hasn't come yet so far, but his time will come when the Tom Brady that we know will look very average due to age. That's just inevitable. We don't know when it's gonna happen. It, it like, and it could be this season. It, it could be maybe if, if if he plays two more years. Maybe it happens the season after. We we don't know. But Father Time is undefeated, bro. So people are expecting Tom Brady's play to dip. He's 44, 43. How many quarterbacks do you know that played at that high of a level at his age? Not many have done it. So people are kind of expecting his numbers to not even be as good as they were because of his age. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that not that, obviously, not that he wants to take his his, like his, uh, his legacy and, and go out there and not be as good. But I'm saying if Tom Brady does happen to not be the Tom Brady that we know, it doesn't affect him, bro. He's still going to be considered what he is already. Todd nah. Bowles on the other, Todd Bowles on the other hand, people are like he's done, bro. He's done. Like literally, like Todd Bowles knows that if it does not work here, his days as a head coach is done, and it sucks because to me, I think he's a good coach. Now I don't know if he's a good head coach, but I think he's a good coach just because you know with defense, you know he's obviously good at what he specializes in. But in controlling a whole team, there's more pressure on him because there's so much because because there's so much expectations. For the Buccaneers, so that's why to me the pressure lies on Todd Bowles, bro. I don't think so, to be honest. I I do believe that Todd Bowles is a guy that's a culture guy, right? He's they, they hired Todd Bowles because they know that he represents the organization really well. And once again, go back to the idea of Bruce Arians retiring so quickly and not retiring, but just not being the head coach for them next season was a big shocker that I, I don't think they saw it coming, to be honest. So they say. Let's go with the guy who knows the culture very well, who knows the scheme, who can find a way to be a locker room. Why are you bringing up? Oh, no, wait, question. And to, and to, huh? No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, a guy who knows the locker room and who who's who a player's coach, right? Tom Brady okay. coming in was a bonus. Okay, Tom Brady coming in means that now Tabo's. I already know once again that you said before he's a favorite head coach. We get that, but I already know that he's not going to have the command of the offense like Bruce Arians did last season or the command of the team that Bruce Arians did last season. So I'm not expecting too much from him. What I'm expecting from Tom Brady is to come in here, say that, okay, you want to come out of retirement? That's fine. Now, if you want to add on to your legacy, do so. But now you have immense pressure to do so because you decided to go against the retirement and the funds of living and just, you know, not being with football because you have that extra competitive nature and you want to come out here and play again and try and win another, another Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So show me that you can do that. That's what I'm saying. All right, two questions. Two questions. Sure, before you let's go. Yeah, one, if Tom Brady, let's say, like, if the Bucks suck next year, right, and Tom Brady not, does not listen, play. You, well, suck is a big, this, like, it's possible. But, like, yeah, I no, think you're dragging it. Tom Brady, <laughs> hold on, wait, but if Tom, hold on, wait, but if Tom Brady falls off that cliff, right, 
like the father time is gonna come eventually. If he falls off that cliff, and not that, let's say like he doesn't suck, but let's say okay. it's like a Ben Roethlisberger thing, like where you're a shadow of yourself, like you know you just look stiff, then you know. Let's say something well, like that. Well, He's like you know. Let me, well, let me ask you a question before you ask me. Oh, that. Oh no, wait. What has? I didn't have you seen? Oh no, wait, bro. You <laughs> <asked me laughs> okay, fine, fine. Okay, fine, fine, fine. So, if Tom Brady is not good next year, what changes for him? Like in terms of Tom Brady's like legacy, how he's viewed, like like in the NFL world, what what changes for him? Nothing really changes, but the, the ending will be stained. That's but does it, it matter? It doesn't matter. But like for the goat, we've looked at Tom Brady as a guy that has a spotless career, spotless. This guy could do no wrong. Even going back to what I was about to ask you before, what has what if he what has he done on the field that has led me to believe that he's going to have a drop off? Nothing, because a season ago he had he led the league in passing yards. Or touchdowns, whatever the yeah, case no. may be. But like, so with no. that being said, yeah, bro, but I don't really see anything happening in a case of him falling off to the point where Father Time is going to catch up to him. Yeah, but bro, but Father Time is again, it's undefeated. You see it with so many great athletes when they can't do the stuff that they were able to do when they were younger. Like you see it, like it happens. It's like you literally have the cases for it with every athlete, like literally. So okay. So second question is just really quickly. If the Bucks fail next season. Like, you because you would fail that in your eyes. No Super Bowl appearance. No, well, no, no, no. Okay. I, I wouldn't say that. But you have to make the college championship nope, nope. game. You have to. College championship. Nope. At least that. At okay. least. Okay. At minimum. Okay. Okay. If they don't get there, right, would you agree that there is more pressure on Todd Bowles? No, because the, no, the pressure is before the Super Bowl. I mean, the, the the conference appearance, right? So that's going into the game. I don't think there's pressure on him right now, but I would say that that would be a failed coaching part on on his end because of them not being able to get there. That's what I would say. But going in right now, yeah. there's no pressure. Oh, oh, okay, wait. And then you kind of kept bringing up the Bruce Arians like retiring thing. That shit does not matter. Bruce Arians didn't re- like, re- but because he didn't retire week four, like uh, week five in like middle of the season, and they were unprepared. They've had a whole off season, so Bruce Arians retiring is not an excuse for next season. Just I'm letting you know that right now. They've had it's the entire. Hold on, yeah, okay. For, all right, I'm I'm glad I'm saying it because they've had the entire off season to prepare. So if Bruce Arians like retired week ten, fine. I'll give you that. They're like, what the, you know, okay. They've had the whole offseason to prep, right? So what I'm saying is you would agree with me that no matter what happens next season, Tom Brady's legacy is going to always be the same. But Bruce Arians' legacy, because head coaches have legacies. Like, what Like what are you going to be remembered for? Bruce Arians right now has the most, I mean, not Bruce Arians, my fault. Todd Bowles has the most to lose. So if he has the most to lose, then how is there not pressure on him? Because I mean, once again, going back to Bruce Arians, it's yeah, it's not gonna be an excuse for next season, but it was still a distraction, it was still unexpected, right? No, but, Tom Brady no, wait, coming wait, in wait, back, wait, wait, he's he's expecting to run it back with Bruce Arians. That's what's happening. Bro, they've had a whole time to to the without him. So by the time that week one happens, that's not an excuse. You had the whole offseason. I don't I don't want to hear about Bruce Arians. You have again Bruce Arians. Okay, but how, how do you know that his, how do you know that his, how do you okay? Hold on. How do you know Tom Brady's decision to come out of retirement wasn't due to Bruce Arians still being the head coach? Because I'm sure Brady that was a factor. Retired. I'm sure that was a factor as to why he came I'm out of retirement because he knows I'm, I'm, I'm that it's worked before in the past and that I'm he wants sure to come back, come back and run I'm it again. Sure 
they because the first season, the first season together, they won the Super Bowl. Second season, they were one play away from making it to the conference championship. But you don't think? Happens. Okay, wait. So you don't think that if Tom Brady's decision to come back relied on Bruce Arians, you don't think that, that would have been a conversation that him and Bruce Arians would have had? You never know. Tom Brady was Tom Brady was very very like. His social media and the way he interacts can be very times, you know, just not there. He's just he's just un- inactive. So I don't all know. Right. All right, all right, fine, fair enough. Well, like you know, before we wrap it up, I just kind of think that it's like whoever has the most to lose, that's who has the most pressure. In my in my like uh, opinion, because Todd Bowles, people care about how you're viewed. People want a good legacy. People like you know, like no player wants to be known as like a bust. No head coach wants to be known as a failed head coach. Like, am I well, or maybe some people don't care, but I would think that you would want to be remembered as being successful at what you did. Now, you know, if yes. he fails with the Bucks, then he's gonna then his, his legacy is tarnished. If Tom Brady fails next season or or like or has a poor season, he's still gonna be considered the GOAT, he's still gonna be in the Hall of Fame, he's still gonna be considered the best ever to do of it. Of course, he will be, but like, why would you do all that? Why would you come out of retirement and have possibly a, a terrible season? To take no, that legacy. no player, but bro, but no player ever thinks that they're gonna have a terrible season. Like nobody goes into the season like, yeah. But there's I'm a risk like, though. There's bro, a risk. No, player, no start, no starting player goes in and says, "I'm gonna suck this year. Let's go." No, come on now. <laughs> come on, come on. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there's always a risk. Even if you're confident, there still is a risk. That you may not do well this season. It's still a risk. Yeah, but guess happens. what? Yes. Okay, that's fair. But the thing is for Tom Brady, if it doesn't work out, hey, look, like I tried, like I came back because because right, guess what? Because real quick, if Tom Brady did not come out of retirement, who would be the Bucks starting quarterback? The Cal Trash, probably. I just I don't know. Exactly. So Cal Tom Brady coming out of like so okay, so Tom Brady <laughs> coming back has given this whole franchise one more year of relevancy because puts the we don't pressure know on him owners but maybe the, but maybe the owners were contacting him how do you maybe you like we don't really know like what the conversations were that led to that for him to come back so to me tom brady will be just fine no matter what happens next season todd bulls will not be no matter what happens so to me nah. look Makes sense. If you got the most to lose, then you got to be the most worried. Come on, bro. I mean, hey, but, time will yo, tell. Time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. Time, wait, well, no, but how will time will tell? Because we already kind of, like, agreed that Tom Brady, like, like whatever happens, he's still going to be celebrated like he's the greatest of all time. So, oh, you're right, like, we already know that. Like, he still has pressure, though. No, of course, no. What a look. What a look. All starting quarterbacks have pressure. It was just on who has the most pressure. I, I'm not saying that Tom has none, but, you know, not as much as his head coach. But, look, guys. Fantastic episode, bro. Look, I was giving you the works this week. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. You was over there struggling, dog. I, I'm not... <laughs> Why do you want to listen? Like, you can't end up the show like that. You just can't trying to make it seem like you you beat me. I didn't lose an argument today at all. Always, always. I always beat you, bro. I always hey. beat you, bro. I always oh, I know it's in my book. I'm undefeated. My undefeated god, lost. Too, bro. It's too easy. Like, it's too like at this point, <laughs> I'm feeling bad for you. I'm feeling okay. bad for you, bro. Okay, not gonna lie. You know, okay. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start taking it easy on you because you my man's and I want to do you like that so many times. Me? 
Oh me? my goodness, man. Look, hope that you guys have a great weekend, man. You know, uh, we will be back Monday with another episode of Game Breakers. Edwin, you got anything to say to the people before we end it? Of course, yo, follow our socials on the gram and on Twitter, Will Greggs on IG and Twitter and Eddie.a.d on IG. The real Eddie on Twitter. Oh three. I forgot the old three part. Yo, you know what I'm thinking, bro? You should try to like make your Twitter name and your IG name one thing. Because you know, like that famous. People going to search up, you know, like on Twitter, like if they want to follow you, they'll probably search up like what your IG name is and like vice versa. So like, yeah. you know, like mine is just Will X Greg's Twitter and IG. You put that in, I'm there. I think that, you know, you should probably try to find something that could probably do that, you know, because then you don't got to worry about two names to plug Don't in. tell me how to run my life. No, I'm not going to run my life. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to help you out. No. But, what? I'm what? I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, then, man. Look, <laughs> we'll catch you guys on Monday.